The media reports details of a war crime they admit that they have no details of. And 23 forest people charged with domestic terrorism in Atlanta. What's going on with so-called Cop City? This is the Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Top story today is quite the doozy as the entire mainstream media has provided clear evidence of a Russian war crime without providing any evidence of a Russian war crime and admitting, admitting as much. And this all involves this gruesome video of what is alleged to be the execution of a Ukrainian prisoner of war by Russian forces that went viral yesterday and is being seized upon by Ukrainian officials and many on social media and obviously our mainstream media, as I mentioned, as the most damning evidence that Russian forces are committing war crimes yet. You know, a video that happens to come out right as the narrative is shifting its focus to charging Russian leaders with international war crimes. And they claim that this video was released by Russians, which you can imagine had they known that they released a video of them killing some Ukraine prisoner at a time that perfectly serves the agenda and the narrative of their enemy that they, maybe they would have rethought things. Bad timing, I guess. Anyway, the clip, which the Wall Street Journal said was posted by a unit of Russia's Wagner paramilitary group, shows the man standing in a forest clearing in a military uniform, taking a drag of a cigarette and saying glory to Ukraine in Ukrainian before gunfire rings out and he falls to the ground. Here are some headlines about the story that uh, just came out within the past few hours. This is from the Wall Street Journal. The headline says, Ukrainian military identifies unarmed prisoner killed in video. With this headline is an image of the man before he was allegedly shot and killed, and there's a photo caption underneath it that says, in a photo taken from video, a Ukrainian soldier smokes a cigarette before he is shot. The Ukrainian military identified the soldier as T-Y-M-O-F-I-Y Shadura. A lot of statements of facts in that headline and that photo caption there. Here's another headline from ABC News. Ukraine military identifies soldiers seen in grisly war video. Here's another headline from the New York Post, which says, Ukraine identifies or IDs hero soldier executed in viral glory to Ukraine video. A lot of statements of facts in those headlines. So obviously, it's been proven that this guy, his identity has been verified. Except that it hasn't. In fact, if you read down a few paragraphs in the Wall Street Journal article, you learn that a relative of Mr. Shadura said in an interview today that the man in the video resembled Mr. Shadura, but that the family has seen conflicting reports on social media, those conflicting reports being that a apparently really good Ukrainian journalist who is unnamed, a, a reputable one they called this person, identified that person in the video as someone else. So the family said they, they wouldn't comment until they receive confirmation on the soldier's identity. Maybe they'll get that confirmation, but as it stands, the reality of this situation is actually the exact opposite of what every mainstream media headline is conveying. The exact opposite. <laughs> they all say the man has been identified, including the Wall Street Journal, and then the Wall Street Journal themselves contradicts their own headline and every other mainstream media headline by later saying very clearly that the man's family has not, in fact, received confirmation of his identity. And every other article confirms that the identity has not been confirmed as well, contradicting their headlines also. 
And guess what? Confirmation will only apparently be possible if the body is retrieved from a Russian-held territory. This according to the Wall Street Journal. So we may never get that confirmation, which does suck. But at least... At least we know this. At least we know who the guilty party is here because every mainstream outlet is reporting about how this is yet another example of a Russian war crime. So obviously, the killer or killers have been identified. Except that they haven't. According to the BBC here, the alleged killer or killers who are not seen in the clip have not been identified. Okay, okay. No need to panic here. We may not know the identity of the person killed or the identities of those who killed him. But the one thing that we do know for sure, obviously, is the date and location that this video was made. Because that's crucial information here. So obviously the mainstream media who is reporting on this have verified where and when this footage was made. Except that they haven't. Again, according to the BBC... The BBC has not verified where and when the footage was made or even how the soldier was captured. They, they, they don't know anything, really. We don't, know, we don't know Jack S. No big deal, though. No big deal. No need to, to worry. You know, we may not know when the video was recorded, where it was recorded, who was killed in it, or, or who did the killing. Those are just minor details. Uh, not important. All that really matters is that we know for a fact that a killing did take place because no respectable mainstream news outlet would give so much attention to a video that they haven't authenticated themselves. So obviously, the video's authenticity has been verified. Except that it hasn't. According to the AP, as reported by ABC News, the Associated Press could not verify the video's authenticity. Any details about where it was recorded or anything about the people involved. Let me read that again. The Associated Press could not verify the video's authenticity, any details about when it was recorded, or anything about the people involved. <laughs> well, we don't know anything about it. Other, you know, it doesn't matter. Big deal. Big deal. I don't know why anybody would need those minor details, those pieces of information that are irrelevant, okay? We might not know when or where the thing was filmed, who was killed or who did the killing, or, or any details whatsoever about anyone in the video, or even if the video is real. But what we do know is that this is clear evidence of a Russian war crime. Because that's what every mainstream media outlet that admits that they've verified literally nothing about this video tells us. Literally every detail they assert is true in their headline and opening paragraphs are just projected narrative into the story by them, which they later admit is backed up by no verifiable evidence whatsoever. Now, maybe some of these things will later be verified, but that doesn't change the fact that as of now, every major news outlet is basically saying to us, hey, this thing that we, the trustworthy media, have verified not a single detail about is clear evidence of a Russian war crime. Off with Putin's head. Submit your daughters to Vladimir Zelensky. Congratulations, mainstream media outlet. You, you have surprised me. I'm going to give a standing ovation. I can't stand all the way up because I'll go too far. So I'm going to give on the knees ovation. I bow down 
to Zelensky and the media for having the audacity to pretend to provide all of the evidence of a war crime while at the same time admitting you provided none of the evidence. That, that, is, that is one I did not see coming today. So I, I appreciate that. Okay, next story. Oh, for those watching, by the way, who see the weird background image I have today, what I'm doing is I'm using one of those weird AI, quote AI, uh, image generators to come up with a image that is themed to fit the show. And then at the end of the show, I will tell you what the prompt was that led to the image. So that's what's going on there. I'll tell you what that is later. Okay, next story. 23 rioters or protesters, depending on your point of view, will face domestic terrorism charges after they were arrested this past Sunday in a forest at the site of a planned police training facility in Atlanta, which I knew that something like this was going to happen this week. I said so last Thursday when I was a guest on Liberty Libations, which is a new libertarian-leaning podcast that's a lot of fun, definitely worth checking out. I said on their show that something was going to happen involving so-called Cop City, as it's been dubbed, and these activist protesters. And it would happen this week. Also told friends of mine who were considering maybe going over there. I told them this about a week and a half ago. I said, don't go over there. Something's going to happen, and you could end up in jail. Or consider a domestic terrorist. Just don't go. I'll tell you how I knew that, which is very simple. And I'll talk about how this incident perfectly represents how dangerous this activist nation that we have become it is for us as a society, especially for younger people who get roped into it after I give you the details of the story. The arrests were made after dozens of, this is according to the Atlanta Police Department, by the way, this is from their website, after violent agitators used the cover of a peaceful protest of the proposed Atlanta Public Training Center to conduct a coordinated attack on construction equipment and police officers themselves. They changed into black clothing and entered the construction area and began to throw large rocks, bricks, Molotov cocktails, and fireworks at police officers. The agitators destroyed multiple pieces of construction equipment by fire and vandalism. There's a two-minute video or so that's going around on social media that shows what happened, but it's from behind the police officers, kind of in a distance behind them. And it makes it look like there's only a couple of people dressed in black who maybe got a, a, a hair up their rear end and decided to go cause a little ruckus over at the police training center. It doesn't really show the scale. You do see the fireworks launch over and projectiles being thrown at them, and you see the fireworks go off by the police officers, but you don't see the scale of it. There's another 20-minute video, however, that's not really going around on social media. I, I found it through the police officer's Twitter page that shows an aerial view that shows these rioters clearly swarming in coordinated fashion, leaving no doubt that this was a planned and probably well-rehearsed for a very long time attack. It wasn't something they just thought up in the moment, which is important because what we're dealing with here are a couple of groups of people. We're dealing with organizers who were not involved in the attack itself, but were involved in the planning. And then we're dealing with dumb, mostly young activists who've been manipulated into doing the dirty work of these organizers under the guise of a cause that the organizers most likely could care less about, to be honest with you. I mean, more on that in a minute. I don't believe they actually care about the cause that they're coaxing these people into possibly ruining their future to, to go 
commit acts of violence against police officers for. Here's some of the footage, and I'll describe what we're looking at here for those who are just watching, for those who are listening. Okay, here's the video from behind the police officers where you can't really see many of the protesters. I'm just going to play a couple seconds of this. There's no audio to it. So you see the cops, they're at the fence, and you can see some projectiles coming over the fence, and there there looks like a Molotov cocktail. And now, oh, that was fireworks. And, and bam, some fireworks nearly hit a couple of the police officers. And that's that's, you can watch. I'll link this stuff, and you guys can watch if you want. But the more interesting video is a couple from uh, the Atlanta Police Department's page. They have this, I don't know if this is thermal vision or, or what this is, but it looks like it looks like something from Call of Duty w- with this imaging. And you can see mobs of people walking up the field. And as they get closer, I'm going to kind of just skim through this. Here they come. They're all moving up close. And th- there they are. So now you can see... There's the thermals gone. You see them. They're all wearing black and they're setting up. And here's one of the videos from the police's Facebook page. Again, no sound. You see a bunch of the, quote, protesters running up towards one of the tractors, which they will eventually set on fire. You see fireworks blowing off. They're all charging towards the fence, which is across the way. I don't know, maybe about what, 100 feet from the cop side of it, which I, I think is the entrance of the training facility, what will be. And uh, there's the cop's angle again, and you can see all you can see all the projectiles. And that, now you see a close-up, and it looks like, are they carrying, is that wood, or is that like a rocket launcher? I, I don't know what it was. It could have been a tree, but they all have masks on. They're all COVID-ready. You know, they can get into any hospital, anywhere. There's a guy with a White Sox jersey on wearing a... Gr- so these guys here is interesting. You have two guys kind of working the perimeter. One of them's got sunglasses and a White Sox jersey on, and they both have green hats on. That's obviously... They have a designated role for something. I don't know what that is, but they're, they've obviously been assigned a certain role, which shows a level of that coordination I was talking about. And scoot forward a little bit here. You see some of the fires. There's a tractor on fire. The point is that it was obviously a planned thing. That was not some sort of reactionary thing that they did as the media is portraying it in some instances. They had been working on that a long time, and it's obvious. Here's a photo of the 23 who are being charged with domestic terrorism by the Georgia Bureau of Investigations. As you can see, most of them are young and most of them are white. Not all of them, but most of them. That's a common theme among protesters like this. Young, rich, white progressives who are easily conned into thinking they're saving the world. They target people like this. There's a book called The Organizational Weapon written by the Rand Corporation back in the 50s that talks about how communists, Bolsheviks, and and Bolsheviks aren't the only ones that use these tactics, but how they would target easily manipulatable groups of people in society to build what they called an organizational weapon, such as one that was used here. This is an organizational weapon, and these kids are weapons. To, they're weaponized by these organizers. They're targets that the organizers believe to be very gullible, who they can get to do stupid things for them. Here's a little bit more of a breakdown of these people who are now facing domestic terrorism charges. Only two of the 23 are from Georgia. One is a brand ambassador from Pittsburgh. Another is a biology student from the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Dean's List student, in fact. 
One is a son of a millionaire surgeon from Maine. Another is a 28-year-old attorney from the Southern Poverty Law Center. That's right, the Southern Poverty Law Center, the self-appointed and obviously biased determiner of what is and is not hate in America. One of their on-staff lawyers is now being charged with domestic terrorism in Georgia. Actually, he's one of the two who are from Georgia. And while this guy might be hit with a domestic terrorism charge by the law, he's no doubt getting hit with celebratory slaps on the back and a raise probably by the Southern Poverty Law Center employers he works for, if I had, if I had to guess. 11 of the 23 are under the age of 25. Two of them are 19. Another seven of them are between the ages of 26 and 31. That makes 18 of them who are under 31 years old. Most of them are in their 20s. And then there's five others who are 34, 42, 46, 48, and 49. Why they're there, I don't know. They're probably lonely. Who knows? So you can see how young most of them are. And most of them, up until this past Sunday, might have even had a bright future. Or maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe they still have a bright, maybe even a brighter future. As I mentioned with a Southern Poverty Law Center guy who's no doubt being celebrated by his co-workers. With the way the world operates in 2023, being able to say that you were charged with domestic terrorism because you protested the evils of climate change and policing, that might very well get you a job in the Biden administration. Heck, if you could tack on that you're also a furry in your spare time, you might be looking at a top advisor to the president role in the White House. Who knows? Maybe the future is looking bright for this group here. So that's what's going on with, uh, quote, Cop City and what's going to continue to go on. You know, let me give you what both sides are arguing before I go further into that, even though that's not necessarily the heart of the matter here. It is relevant. Here's what's going on, the arguments anyway. Uh, $90 million was approved to build the new Atlanta Public Safety Training Center back in 2021 to boost police morale after the George Floyd riots in 2020 led to problems with hiring and with retention because no one wanted to be a cop after that, and why would they? Uh, According to AtlantaPoliceFoundation.org, the new police Safety Training Center will improve morale, retention, recruitment, and training for Atlanta PD and Atlanta fire and rescue professionals and ensure that Atlanta attracts and motivates the most highly committed to careers in law enforcement. It will set a national standard for community engagement, neighborhood sensitivity, and devotion to civil rights of all citizens by law enforcement. Embrace police reform and cultural sensitivity through an extensive training and educational partnership with the National Center for Civil and Human Rights. Facilitate collaboration and joint training between Atlanta Police Fire and Rescue Agencies and their local, state, and federal partner agencies. Welcome the community to its public spaces. The Public Safety Training Center will afford APD and AFR, Atlanta Fire and Rescue, the South's largest law enforcement agencies, a state-of-the-art training facility, reduced insurance and operational training costs, and the essential training flexibility required of best-in-class urban police departments. Okay, so that's what they're saying. Here's what they, the activist group called StopCopCitySolidarity.org, what their argument is. The Atlanta Police Foundation wants to build a police militarization facility for police to train in urban warfare, a.k.a. tactics to violently suppress social movements. It's very specific. We know that this further, quote, training will only exacerbate violence against black and brown people as police killings have steadily increased since 2020. I'd have to see a statistic there, and they they say police killings, 
they're making it racial, though. Do they mean police killings against? Yeah, they're being a little little uh, tricky with their stats there. It's a ninety million pro ninety million dollar project that will destroy three hundred acres of the largest remaining forest in Atlanta and dramatically increase flooding, heat waves, and pollution for the surrounding communities. It's going to cause climate change in and around Atlanta. These twenty year olds know that and they want to stop it. So instead of destroying the sacred forest that benefits it, put the money towards health, housing and health care. Here's the thing. Even if they did put the money towards that, they would still protest it because these people don't want actual solutions. They, they, they're not in the business of solving problems. That would defeat their purpose. And they say Cop City is not just a local issue. So this is how they get the people from out of state to come in. 40% of police is the appeal to them. The out-of-staters. 40% of police who train at Cop City will come from outside of Atlanta, meaning that will increase police militarization and racialized violence on a national scale. I don't know how they would know that. Maybe it says that somewhere, but they don't give a link or uh, cite anything. They just, they just state that as an assertion. And then their ultimate takeaway, the ultimate appeal. If you are against the violence of policing and environmental degradation— if you're against those two things and want to protect social and ecological well-being worldwide, then you need to join us in demanding that there will be hashtag no cop city anywhere. They always clump in these appeals together. That's where this doesn't work. You can't clump in these broad appeals. I mean, I guess it does work for these 23 people on these 23 people anyway. Okay, a couple of things here. First of all, I'm not making any argument for or against the police training facility. My focus is not really on that. It's more on the manipulation of these young activists that's being done by their organizers, who make no mistake about it, were not the ones being arrested this past Sunday. That's not how it works. They're not on the front lines putting their bodies on the line. They're from afar pulling the strings, okay? They're, they're not building up their criminal record. What they're doing is they're building up their political power and their wealth at the expense of, of these very gullible young people that they don't care about. So for the sake of conversation here, let's take police at their word when it comes to the things that they said are the stated purpose of, of building this facility that I read to you from their website. And I know that might not always be the wisest thing to do, but just go with me on that. I, I have a reason Doing that, back in 2020, during the George Floyd riots, organizers and activists, a lot like this, there were probably many of the same people, they made demands about policing. Vague demands, albeit, I mean, their demands are always vague, but what they demanded was police reform, more police reform, and the type of police reform that they made very vaguely, these demands about, is the very type of reform that the Atlanta Police Department lays out in that purpose for building the training center document on their website. Cultural sensitivity training, devotion to civil rights, partnership with a national civil rights organization. So what we have here, among other things, again, taking the police at their word, is the Atlanta police attempting to meet the reform demands of progressive activists and progressive activists responding to that attempt by violently protesting against it violently protesting against the thing that they had previously said that they wanted. Also very loudly and very violently. It's a bit of a mind F. And look, we can accept the framing that the activists lay out here on their website, which is where they say that the police are lying and that they're really building this training facility so that they can train in tactics to crush and destroy all social movements once and for all. And also the climate. 
which maybe there is some truth in, in how the act, the uh, training is used down the road by some officers. I, I mean, that, that's a possibility for sure. Uh, but if we always only ever assume that promises that are being made to meet demands that activists are making, promises woven into mission statements and, and purpose statements, official documents backed by $90 million investments, if we always only assume that those are lies and destruction of the opposite, is what the true purpose is, then how will progress ever get made? It won't. And that's exactly the point. Because the organizers don't want progress made. They're not in the business of solving problems. That's not what organizers do, even if they convince their activist army otherwise. I should be clear. I don't take police at their 100% word as, as of their stated purpose here. I'm just making a point about these organizers versus activism and what's really going on here. Even if we lived in a fantasy world where all police and all police organizations were honest 100% of the time across the board, and in this circumstance, we're truly only building this facility to satisfy the demands of progressive activists. If we lived in that fantasy world, you know what these activists would do? The exact same thing. They would still attempt to burn it down before it was built. They would still attempt to shoot bottle rockets and sparklers or whatever the hell that was. Nothing would be different because the demands chanted by activists, which are handed down by their organizer overlords, verbatim handed down, are never meant to be attainable goals. Because if the goals were attainable, then they could be measured. And if they could be measured, then they could be reached. And if the goals could be reached, then once they were reached, there'd be no reason to protest anymore. And if there's no reason to protest anymore, then the movement built around the attainment of these goals and the oppression felt because they were not yet attained would dissipate. And most importantly, the organizers of those mindless activist masses would lose all of their power, which means they'd also lose their ability to profit as well as their ability to gain their political stardom. They don't seek to solve the problems. They seek profit and political power. This is why activist demands are always so vague. And regardless of what progress is ever made, why the goalpost keeps moving and why there's never any concrete. Here's what we want. And here's how you know when we'll be satisfied and we'll stop bothering you and screaming at you list of actual demands, because that's not important. That's not the issue of the moment, not for the organizer anyway. The people who organized this group who are now facing domestic terrorism charges, they don't give a rat's ass about the police training facility. That's not what they care about. Just like they don't give a rat's ass uh, about the future. A future who, that might be gone now of these young people who they conned into acting like idiots. You know, the only thing that they care about, the organizers, is demonstrating their ability to mobilize and compel a thoughtless, mindless, aggressive mob to take action. Action directed by them, the organizer, under the guise of a political cause. That is all they care about, showing their ability to get large amounts of people to take coordinated, directed action. Thoughtless, compulsive stupid, idiotic action. Because that's what politics is. Getting a whole bunch of people to thoughtlessly do something that's against their own self-interest. This is how you show your chops and move up in the world of politics in 2023. You become an organizer. Two perfect examples of this are AOC and Stacey Abrams, who both got to where they were by doing this very thing, manipulating masses of people into doing stupid things at their command. Things that they themselves did not do. They, they directed this from afar and they watched. They pulled the strings. Stacey Abrams, a lot of people don't realize this, was the rabble rouser of a violent mob in Atlanta after the Rodney King verdict. Riots broke out in Atlanta. And this mob 
ended up destroying a Korean family's grocery store that was in the uh, vicinity of Spelman College, where Stacy went to school at the time. And, and this mob chased, the, after destroying the, the store, chased the family that lived in an apartment uh, above the store to hide out in the apartment. Then they chased them up to the roof of the store where the mob surrounded. It was a kind of a short roof. The mob threw bricks at them, shouted racial slurs at them. The, the guy who owned the store was an old, he wasn't, I think he was probably in his 50s at the time, but he was still doing interviews about this like back in 2016, I believe. Uh, he, he was traumatized. He feared for his life. They thought they were going to die. The police had to swoop in, throw in tear gas, and, and rescue them from this violent mob that Stacey Abrams led. Now, she didn't lead it on the ground that we know of, anyway. But we know she was the one that, that led the rabble-rousing because she went on television and she claimed to be the one. And, and, and while that Korean family had their, their livelihood ruined... And while many of the people compelled to take that action were arrested, got in physical confrontations with police officers, probably had their future ruined, what'd Stacey Abrams get? Stacey Abrams got to appear on Oprah. And she got offered a job in the mayor's office. The mayor, by the way, who the people she organized to take violent action thought they were acting against. The enemy was the mayor. Stacey led them against that enemy, and then Stacey took a job in the enemy's office. Because this is how organizers work. They do not care about the people they throw on the front lines, just like the organizers don't care about these people who are facing domestic terrorism charges. It's unfortunate. It's become a tool for politically ambitious people activism has to gain power by organizing, weaponizing, and then disregarding the gullible who buy in to their BS. Don't let them have that power over you. I know people listening to this don't. But, but I mean, if an upcoming protest has on their website... A what to do if you get arrested section, step back and maybe say, don't go to that protest. Because that means they're planning on you getting arrested, okay? They're planning on you getting arrested. You see here on screen, what's the legal situation, the risk? Well, of course, we're all aware of the fact that the police killed a protester in the forest. If, if a protest that you're thinking about going to starts like that, don't go to the protest, man. The guy they killed shot at, at the police first, okay? It's not, the whole thing's terrible. Don't go to the protest. That person was manipulated by whatever organizers are behind this who are gaining wealth and power off of that person dying. Then it talks about how police have been hands-off during the weeks of action and other large events so they know they can get away with stuff is what that's saying to me. This is one of the reasons I knew they'd do something. And it says the police have never attempted to enter the forest or, or raid our encampment. So they're building encampments, having people sleep out there. And it says, um, if you are taking risk, so they're, of course they're taking risk. They trained for this. They have their own little training facility out there. It's a good idea to make sure Someone you trust has your legal name and date of birth and knows when and how to reach you or, or reach out to jail support in case you've been arrested. If, if this is part of a protest thing you're going to, don't go to the protest. Y you can find something better to fill whatever void is in your life, you idiot protesters going to this. The jail support phone number will be provided on arrival. If you show up to a protest and they say, hi, I'm so-and-so, and they got pink hair, and they say, here is the jail support phone number. Turn around and leave. If you're arrested for protesting in Atlanta, or protesting, the Atlanta Solidarity Fund will pay your bill, bail. Find you a lawyer and cover your legal fees. Well, what about the 10 years in prison you might get if you end up killing somebody? 
or or you blow a cop's ass off with with a a, a bottle rocket or something. Well, are they going to continue to pay those? Things? No, they're not because they don't give a rat's ass. You can read through the website if you want. These people, they just they just they're just con artists. So how did I know this was going to happen? Well, because Axios promoted it. Axios promoted, so the Atlanta mayor is forming a task force. The Atlanta mayor is a Democrat, by the way, and he's putting together a task force to, to seek info from the public about how the, 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 the training center should be, should be built. And he's going to be engaging the community and, and stuff about what the public safety training curriculum should be, what the community engagement should be, uh, what other needs are, what, what sustainability efforts should be implemented. So going to the public to ask for ideas about all of the things these progressive activists say that they want. But you know what the activists say? They say, F you, we don't care. They reject the task force altogether. So no demands can be met. This is why this is a con. They reject every attempt. And the, Ax- the Axios article says, uh, a state of play, Tuesday, Tuesday's, Tuesday's announcement comes ahead of a week of action, a protest planned by the project's opponents. And then it lists the dates. And I went and read the stuff, and I'm like, oh, well, they're going to try and provoke police into shooting them, or they're going to start firing stuff at police. Bricks, uh, the same, it's the same tactics every time. All right. You can see that background. Now, I can tell you the prompt now. The prompt for that you see on screen now that is my background, which was, I think, mid-journey is what I used. The prompt was, rioters in a forest who are puppets getting their strings pulled by evil giant overlords. (laughs) I will tweet out the image for those of you listening as well. All right, before we get to the final story of the day, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the Drive Time News Blast XR, the subscriber-only portion of the show. I am going to go through 10 of my top uh, books that I go to as resources for propaganda, whether it's looking at tactics and understanding strategy, deep propaganda strategy, psychological warfare strategy, or, or examples of propaganda throughout history that have just helped me over the years. And they might help you, or you might want to check them out. It's good stuff. I'm going to go through those. If you want to get access to that, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. You can go to propreport.locals.com and subscribe there today as well. Okay. What you also get, by the way, with Patreon is, along with the subscriber-only portion of the show, you also get the DMB, Drive Time News Blast ad free. I take the ads out for subscribers, and I combine it with the XR feed and put it into your own private Patreon feed. You can pop into any podcast app. All right, last couple of stories here from CNN. CNN's Casey Hunt gives birth in bathroom after 13-minute sudden labor. That headline caught my attention because I was imagining that she was like on set as a producer or, or an anchor or whatever she is. And she had to, had to run to the bathroom and popped out a baby right there in the, the women's C- CNN bathroom there at CNN Center. But that actually wasn't the case. It's a little bit of a, a, little bit of a, a misdirect with the headline there. Story says, CNN political analyst Cassie Hunt went to a 13-minute sudden labor, which they have in quotes. Is that like a special thing, a 13-minute sudden labor? I mean, that's fast, obviously. I mean, get it over with quick, right? I mean, in the bathroom, not at CNN, which would have been much better. I would have loved to have seen Don Lemon, Anderson Cooper, everybody flying around because you know they're in the women's bathroom all the time, uh, um, trying to help her 
pop this baby out. But it was in the bathroom of her home before giving birth to a healthy baby girl, which is great. I just wish that I could have been there in person to see the whole thing firsthand, said former CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin. Next story from the Daily Mail. Abstaining from masturbating raises risk of anxiety, depression, and erectile dysfunction. Looks like I have nothing to worry about, said former CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin. That's where we're going to wrap up the show for today. Those quotes from those last two stories were obviously not real, although I wish they were. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. By the way, at Freedom Act Radio, follow me on Twitter. That's where you'll see these AI images that I tweet out. YouTube.com slash Brad Binkley. I've been making some some YouTube shorts and stuff like that. Rumble.com slash Propaganda Report. Check me out there. All right. You guys have a fantastic rest of your day again. Twice.